The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Josh Allen with a huge bounce-back performance. Same goes for the Bills, who improved to 1-1 one one after a 38-10 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. Good to get a win. Great environment here in Orchard Park. Western New York fans are outstanding. Just us getting back to who we feel like we are. Um, guys went out there and executed it. Who's going to stop that offense, you know? So we're trying to go out there and, and play our best ball, and this is just something to give us a little confidence. Yeah, I mean, there's no stopping the Bills. It's Super Bowl or bust, let's be honest. Just win, baby. There he is. <laughs> Mike Danger. Wow, what what another great performance by the Buffalo Bills. Gene Battaglia. And then you get the Commanders. Oh, pour it on for the Commanders, please. Yeah, like, oh gosh, that's a Super Bowl team over there. We got two, not one, but two Monday Night Football games tonight. The Orioles and Rays clinched playoff spots yesterday when the Rangers lost. Oh, Sabres hockey. Blue Jackets head coach Mike Babcock announces his resignation. This week's AP Top 25 poll was released yesterday 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan Rochester back at the sports bar on a victory Monday where Josh Allen Josh Allen was lights out 31 of 37 83.7% completion rate it did 274 yards three touchdowns no turnovers Josh Allen a man on a mission brought to you by the open door mission go to opendoormission.com and see how you can guarantee a win for someone today uh we should thank everybody that came out friday for our live broadcast of three heads that's the way to start it uh we're going to be there uh once a month uh next one coming up in october so thanks to greg linda uh, the Yacht Club boys coming out there. It was a lot of fun, and we want to thank us, certainly uh, all the great people at Three Heads uh, for setting us up there. It was just a fun Friday afternoon. Yeah, I would, love, I would love to be out there every Friday afternoon, but honestly, we'll wait until next month. We'll do it again, uh, and and we, we've got a good matchup, I think, for our next... Uh, so the next one, just we go by the games itself. I couldn't tell you the exact date. It's the Patriots game. Patriots so week. whatever the Friday is before the Patriot game... At the 19th, the 20th, whatever that is, we'll be out there. Patriots Week. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, we're going to get to uh, Ryan Talbot at NewYorkUpstate.com. We'll talk more Buffalo Bills and their win uh, yesterday uh, against the Raiders in Orchard Park. We appreciate you listening at 95.7 FM, AM 950. Checking out the video stream at the Fan Rochester on Twitch and on YouTube. We sound our best in the free-to-download Odyssey app, even on your smart device, when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan. Uh, other than the president, who deserves a police escort danger? I have a police escort story I can share. Okay. I like the police. I, I, I understand like, hey, our local team won the state championship in this high school sport and you're going to do everything and you're going to have fun. But I'm just talking like, hey, I want to get from point A to point B. Certainly, if you're the president, I would think that would qualify. But is there anybody else? I marvel at how visiting teams in the NFL get a police escort coming up Big Tree Road on game day. <laughs> and I guess I can I can live with that from a safety standpoint. Danger maybe that, oh, there's the team. And you don't want people throwing eggs and being dumb and everything like that. But yesterday, and this has happened before, again, Big Tree, I had to scooch over and wait while the Pagula clan came flying through. 
For NFL owners, is that really necessary that we're using those resources for a police escort? Is that part of their lease agreement? Is that what you get when you be, uh, become an NFL owner? Like, I get to have a police escort going to and from the game? Imagine how big your head would be. Not only am I not driving my car, you're going to move over for my drive. <laughs> the seas will part for me as I make my entrance into the stadium. Meanwhile, your legend of the game is sitting behind an overhang. Embarrassing! Can we clean it up? Embarrassing! It's not that, you know, look, you're you're Terry Pagula. This is why we're critical of the billionaire owners, right? They're just aliens. They're just completely out of touch. How easy a fix would it be to say to KO, any legend of the game that you invite in, Come and hang out in the owner's press box, in the owner's box. That's that's the way to do it. Instead, you kind of hide them, tuck them away in the corner. It's embarrassing. Where they can't even see the entire field. I, I, no, no problem with giving them sweet tickets, but you're giving obstructed view. Yeah. Like Tequila's like, what, what am I even doing here? Am I, you have to watch part of it on, on the monitor? Right. I, also, who knew there was obstructed view seats at the stadium there? Let's let's try to correct that with the new Highmark Stadium. Let's make sure that there aren't any obstructed views. And as far as the police escort thing, it's it's excessive. It feels excessive, but that's the lifestyle of a billionaire. They they don't know any other way, Gino. They don't know any other way. Well, who, do they call? I'm ready for the escort. Well, thank you, Mister Pagula. I, I'm sure like, that they look, probably do. Yeah. I'm sure that they have that all worked out. So you're more worried about the police escort and not having to mingle with the peasantry than you are <laughs> than you are about having one of the legends of the game show up and spend time with you in your luxury suite so funny how like one tequila spikes it's this is true with a lot of things right one story and then everybody's got their own story and tim graham relaying the story of last year it was i believe the tennessee opener where marv levy you know gets on the field how you remember that like yeah, where, where else, else would you rather be, be yeah. than right here right now they had Marv just they just gave him a normal seat in the stands. Can you imagine you're sitting there? Wait, it's he's 91. It's a lot. It's a lot for a 91 what year old. Do you do? It's a lot. And you're Marv Levy? Of all people, he should be in the owner's yeah. box. I, I wonder if there's some sort of personality disorder with Terry that that we don't really talk about, other than I'm just a billionaire a-hole and I don't want to mingle or or mix with anybody. Unless I know exactly who you are. My circle is so tight that nobody from the outside gets to mingle with me, gets to exchange pleasantries with me, gets to sit in my box. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. I, common sense would tell you if you're inviting a Marv Levy, a Takeo Spikes, whoever it is, if you're inviting them, you give them the, the preferential treatment. You don't put him in the stands with all the drunk yahoos when he's 91. Yeah, which Marv is such a gentleman. Of course. He came up, and, and of course, he would be polite, and yes. he would say something, yes, but yes, that's yes. where... Who would have thought, Danger, like the Monday night game, that disastrous loss, would be like the fourth worst PR gaffe for the Buffalo Bills this week? And that's not even a PR gaffe. It's, it's been a bad week. Uh, yeah, it was been a bad week. Like, that allegation against Terry Pagula that came on Tuesday. Whoa, there's that. Um, and by the way, that'll disappear. Like, time will make us forget that that thing is happening, that he's alleged 
of saying this horribly th- this this racist thing. Unless there's audio. Unless there's unless, audio. Unless unless there's a TMZ that says right. here. But then you do have audio yeah. of a Bills reporter talking ill of Stefan Diggs, and, yeah, and that, that became a national story. That's that's yes, that's number two. Spikes being number three now. Uh, Maddie Glab was suspended. I heard. Oh, which. Well, I feel bad for her. I feel horrible <laughs> I feel for, bad her. for her. She was not on the broadcast yesterday. Um, in the post game, they put Brownie and Tasker. It's in. terrible. I, not Brownie and Tasker. Her being suspended is terrible. It's correct. Brutal. But um, yeah, hey, that's that's the world that we live in now. And and again, like watch how how that story, the Pagula story, the comment story that in the uh, Trotter lawsuit. Watch how that kind of disappears here, unless. Unless there's a hero out there who has that audio and decides, yeah, that'll be enough. Go away now. We know the truth, and here is the truth. Well, remember, TMZ wrote a check to somebody who had the casino footage of Ray Rice and the world changed. Mm. Which I would say, as bad as that video was, I'm not saying the video was good. I'm saying the world changed for the better. It's like, hey, here's an example of domestic violence. Oh, my God. Everybody's took yeah as they should we take it i would think a little more seriously now uh, prior to that video so i that 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 would be my fear with the pagula story like you hope that's not true and it, it like if there's somebody that is willing to like turn it over to a tmz for a check mm. if there was one uh gino and i can be awful critical of the guys calling the games from time to time but if i may highlight what a great call sounds like. Let me present to you Ian Eagle on the Chiefs-Jaguars broadcast yesterday. Low snap. Mahomes moving pocket. Mahomes floats it up. Caught. Touchdown, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey finds a blank space for the score. <laughs> okay, so that's a song by Taylor Swift, and I take it. <laughs> Uh, yep, that is it. That's Ian Eagle dropping a Taylor Swift reference right there into Travis Kelsey's touchdown call all amidst the rumors that the two have been dating. It's calls like this. And well, it's that yes, chef call that you and I workshop yeah. for Brownie. I don't know if he uh, if he's going to use that one or not. You know, the- James Cook into the end zone. Yes, chef. Touchdown. Yes, yeah, right, yeah. right. That's a good yeah. one. Something along those lines. You know, mix in a little cultural reference with our sports play-by-play. Well done by Ian Eagle. And, you know, if you're Travis Kelsey and you're trying to keep this hush-hush, forget it, man. We all know. It's fine. You're going to end up one of her one of her victims in one of her songs. You it's want, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. I've got a take for you. I think the whole thing's fake. I think Travis Kelsey probably has kind of, uh, you know, an acquaintance, maybe. Maybe they hung out once and... He hasn't said anything directly, nobody around him. But the fact that he's not denying it, then everybody automatically thinks, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And then you realize, wait, this is actually good for my brand. Well, what if it's what if it's fake in that they're not really in a relationship, but they hooked up? Far be it for Taylor Swift to engage in a one night stand. That wouldn't be good for her brand, right? The pure, wholesome Taylor Swift who goes through men like she changes her socks. Yeah, I mean, like, come on, that's what she is. It would probably be like, yeah, they were seen together or they've been seeing each other. It's just a fling. I would think a star like Taylor Swift, like, passion's not taking over. Like, even if it does, like, wait, should I do this tonight? 
excuse get me my NDA here. We have to sign this before I we think go. Honestly, like, there's got to be like a non-disclosure. Uh, they're so both so busy, yeah. right? Like they're both so tied up in their lives. Her with her tour. He with the Chiefs, like any hanging out that they're doing, any seeing of each other that they're doing is probably so premeditated and so, you know, under the veil of secrecy that, you know, here, here's how we know that there's some truth to it. What kept him out of week one? <laughs> weak I'm knees, used, Gene. Yeah, that's what weak it was. knees. Watch out for those I, weak I, knees. I thought they were just being cautious mm-hmm. with whatever the uh, injury was. Watch out for those weak knees. I think it's fake. I think it's fake. Do you remember what led to uh, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson losing his starting job? Yeah, I I do. Yeah, I remember it. And it was awesome because (laughs) after he lost his job, you had Robert Sala basically, you know, like trying to work through this like it, it needed to be done. But it was just so unfortunate because you were basically pulling the plug on your second overall pick investment in Zach Wilson. It was, do I want to stick with my quarterback or am I going to lose the locker room? It was a terrible predicament. And it was all preventable. Let me explain. Go back. Jets lose. In my, this was probably the worst game of the year last year. 10-3 to to the Patriots. It's a 3-3 game and the Patriots return a punt late for a touchdown. Blah. And Wilson in that game, his stat line, he threw for 77 yards. Ooh. And he was asked a very simple question after the game. Do you feel like you'll let the defense down? He said no. Right. <laughs> right. Can you imagine? So the defense was, wants to murder the quarterback. Right. Now. Like we just held an opponent to three points. That should be a W. And you're telling me when you kind of dissect, dissect it, and Dan Leberfeld, who we have on from time to time, he cited the fact that the Jets, most teams will make you kind of wait and cool off. It's like the, hey, you wrote an email, don't send, don't send it. Just, just think about it first. All right, well, that's what the NFL forces teams to do. More often than not, there's like 20 to 30 minutes before the, the actual come out. This was just Wilson going right up and, bleh, you know, letting it out there like, oh, He's my frustrated, gosh. frustrated, yeah. Totally could have been very preventable. What I learned yesterday is the Jets didn't learn anything from that. No, Wilson didn't say anything dumb yesterday. Okay. Um, he had a bad game. I think that's kind of fair to say. And the Cowboys will make you do that. But when I'm looking at the podium yesterday, there's Zach Wilson. A minor detail that only I might notice. He's in full uniform. Normally, the quarterback will take some time, at least take off their jersey at the very least. Some will shower. Some will put on nice clothes. Josh Allen, quite often, he doesn't come up with, with his jersey on. He'll take, you know, take some, some yeah. time off. But I don't know. I To me, I think the real issue is this. Wilson ain't in. As a Bills fan, I think you're hoping he's still the quarterback come uh, November. Why? So he can go 3-0 against the Bills? I don't... Look, Wilson with the Jets is... The biggest problem for the Bills, you're right, it's not Wilson. It's that defense. It's can you get over on that defense? That defense matches up really well against the Bills for whatever reason. I mean, maybe it starts in the middle with Quinn and Williams. Uh, but Zach Wilson, Mike White, I mean, it's never really been the quarterback that beats the Bills. Never. It's, it's So it, to me, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And I don't think if Aaron Rodgers is healthy in that game, and it was only four plays. But the Bills were getting after Rodgers in that game, early in that game. Like, that's how he got injured. They were putting pressure on him, and I think that would have probably continued. So the the quarterback... By the way, the the comment that Salah was making 
uh, over the weekend. I don't know if you saw it. Like, you know, regardless of who the quarterback is, we want a foundation of a really good running game Ugh. and really, you know, awesome special teams and really good defense. And it's like, yeah, that's what a coach says when they don't have a quarterback. When you don't have confidence in your quarterback, you say, well, regardless of who the quarterback <laughs> is, we've got a really good defense, we've got a good run game, and we play, you know, awesome special teams. But if you have a quarterback, you don't have to worry about those things. You you could say, no, we're always in a game because we have Josh Allen. You don't have a quarterback, and they know that Zach Wilson ain't it. They're forced to use Zach Wilson this year, and then next year it's all over again. Let's go through this process again with Aaron Rodgers and anticipate what that might look like. I, I struggle to see how Aaron Rodgers comes back better after this injury. Usually after the Achilles injury, it's like, ugh. You're a shell of what you once were. Jalen Waddles in concussion protocol. Oh. Yeah. Uh, took a hard hit to the head. Now, I didn't stay up for that whole game last night. It was from uh, linebacker Marte Mapu. Is that how we say his name for the Patriots? So that's something to kind of – look, I don't – when the Dolphins come up here, let me just kind of stay for the record. I want them – you want everybody healthy. You want Tua. You want Hill. You want Waddle. You don't want any asterisk here. I think you're going to get Waddle. I think you're going to get Tua. I think you're going to get Hill. And I think you're going to get oh, everybody – you're going to get Jerron Armstead. You're going to get everybody healthy. I, silly me. I'm the – I forgot the Dolphins are the team like, oh, concussion? <laughs> right now – is there a team in the AFC that's playing better football than the Miami Dolphins? I'm going to qualify that. What if, what if you will have to add a team maybe at the end of tonight? What if Cleveland goes and drops the hammer on Pittsburgh? No, you, 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 you're, you're giving a pouty face. They just took out Cincinnati and made them look terrible. If they go on the road to Pittsburgh, Tonight, drop the hammer. If you if they blow out Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, are they in that conversation? If they're in that conversation, then you have to put the Ravens ahead of them in that conversation. Sure, the Ravens have looked impressed. I mean, well, the Ravens, Houston and Cincinnati, um, the Browns beating Cincinnati and the Steelers probably two. It's, com- it's for, for style points, yes, Miami. They also gave up a ton of yards uh, to the Chargers in that game. So it was one of those games where, okay, we have the ball last great, we won. I don't, the the, the Patriots are not a good football team. Shouldn't you just smile at it? It's good defense. I think their defense is still solid. I mean, the the thing that makes me nervous about the Dolphins is that speed. And and you have a younger defense, faster defense in New England than what the Bills have. And they still made them look foolish last night. From time to time. Now, do I think the Browns win tonight? No. Oh, good. We're on the same page there. That's <laughs> against the black and gold Steelers. That's black and yellow. That's do they, black and do, yellow. Do they go by black and yellow as their team colors? They, yes, they do. Because they're, they remember the lessons they were taught in preschool. And we were having this conversation earlier with, uh, with Tim from San Diego. Because we, we saw it Friday night in Honeyoy Falls, and I was reminded of something that has created a little bit of confusion in the world of sports. And believe me when I tell you, this is important, okay? From the moment we began our life's education, we were taught colors. A three-year-old can differentiate between yellow and gold. So why? Why is it a struggle with team colors? And I loved our time at HFL on Friday, Gina, but your school colors are not black and gold. 
Black and gold is what you'll see with the Saints on Monday Night Football tonight. Your school colors are actually black and yellow. You even come out to Wiz Khalifa. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Packers fans, green and yellow. Notre Dame, that's gold. Don't try to be something you're not. We all know our colors. We all know that yellow isn't the same as gold. The official team colors for the Buffalo Sabres are royal blue, gold, and white. Wrong. <laughs> They're yellow. That's not gold. That's, I mean, the the anniversary jerseys that they wore? Gold. That had gold trim? Yes, that's gold. Right now, they're, they're royal blue and yellow. That's the color. That's not gold. What are we doing? If you want to make it gold, then take the, the, the handle of the saber on your logo and make it gold, not yellow. And then work that into the rest of your uniform, and now you are royal blue and gold. The, the Vegas Golden Knights, gold. That's gold. Yellow symbolizes negative traits such as cowardice, deceit, betrayal, and faithlessness. When someone turns tail and flees from comment that conflict, that person is labeled yellow. Yellow can be the color of illness, yeah. as uh, in example, jaundice. Jaundice, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, look, th- this this isn't even a debate. I don't even understand. What happened to us? We knew this when we were three, and all of a sudden, because we're sports fans, we lost sight of the difference between two distinct colors. Come on now, people. Yellow is yellow. Gold is gold. Let's not confuse the two. From the 14th century onward, yellow has become the color of envy, jealousy, treason, a color that cannot be trusted. I can't trust a program who doesn't know the difference between gold and yellow. How about that for lack of trust? If you're saying that you're gold when you're actually yellow, I don't trust you because you don't know your basic colors. Come on. All right, we got, we got to get to Ryan Talbot. NewYorkUpstate.com. We'll get back to the Bills and the Raiders. Big win uh, in Orchard Park yesterday. We'll look ahead to week three as the Bills travel to Washington to take on the Commanders. Ryan Talbot, New York Upstate, joining us next in the sports bar. Yeah, and then a little later on, we've got uh, one pair left of Adam Sandler tickets. Ah, uh, yes. Away. Adam Sandler coming to Blue Cross Arena Wednesday, November 8th. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Win them for free before we close up shop this afternoon at 6 o'clock here in the sports bar. Danger and Pataglia on the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. The fan Rochester sports update. Bills getting the win over the Raiders as the team a little nicked up yesterday. Leonard Floyd, Micah Hyde will keep tabs as the Bills will return to practice on Wednesday. Dawson Knox on the team bouncing back from week one. You're thinking about all the mistakes we made last week. We can't let that carry over to this week. We always have that 24-hour rule. We're done talking about it on Tuesday. Um, so we're just kind of ready to we're ready to move on, wipe that bad taste out of our mouth. So it's definitely good to move on. Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, joining us next in the sports bar. Bills opening up as a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Commanders on Sunday. Monday Night Football has two games tonight, 7 o'clock for the Saints and the Panthers, Steelers and Browns at about 8.15. Wings have one week left in their season. It's all on the road in Indianapolis. Gene Battaglia in the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan.
Rochester. All right, as we continue on a victory Monday here in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia, the Bills get over and get right against the Las Vegas Raiders there at the stadium. Covering the team for NewYorkUpstate.com. Always love catching up with Ryan Talbot. A brand new season there in Orchard Park for you and and, and for, for Matt. Ryan, uh, welcome back into the sports bar and a, a true get-right win for the Buffalo Bills yesterday. How are you today, bud? Hey, I'm doing great. And yeah, you said it. I mean, this was a completely different team in terms of all three phases, phases of the game. Yeah, Ryan, uh, let's start off with Josh Allen. Um, was it just as simple as him buckling down yesterday? Um, his decision-making, what a stark uh, difference from week one to week two here. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And I think Ken Dorsey is really trying to hammer the point home and saying if your first read isn't there, you know, look to the second read, look for those drop-offs if you feel pressure in your face. And we, we saw James Cook getting involved in the short passing game, even a few passes Stefan Diggs, where I just threw it out to him and let him do the work. Uh, obviously, you have a guy like Deontay Hardy that you can utilize in that area. Tight ends like Kincaid and Knox, and the list goes on. And, you know, you, you saw it. It wasn't his flashiest performance. He didn't throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns or anything like that, but it was efficient. It took a lot of time off the clock. It demoralized that Raiders defense, I felt, in the second half, especially that nine-minute drive to open the third quarter. Uh, that's just as effective sometimes as, as you know, putting up all those gaudy stats that he's done sometimes in his career where you can hold the defense and uh, an opposing team in check, excuse me, and put up 38 points. That's a good day at the, at the office. Ryan, uh, players who had their best day as a Buffalo Bill, I would say Spencer Brown. I would say Terrell Bernard. Uh, I would say Ed Oliver. Uh, I would say James Cook. Who am I forgetting? Greg, uh, you know, Greg Rousseau didn't fill the stat sheet. I think Greg Rousseau's had a, a great eight quarters of football, just like Ed Oliver uh, so far on that defensive line. I've been really impressed there. You mentioned uh, Terrell Bernard. I, I wouldn't say Matt Milano because Matt Milano has been an all-pro type of player, but, man, what another great game on his part. Uh, Kincaid, yeah, I mean, James Cook, you, you name it. There's a lot of guys, but Spencer Brown was the big winner in my eyes. On Sunday, you have Max Crosby across from you all all game long. And, you know, there are some chips and things mixed in here and there from the Bills. But I really felt that Spencer Brown had a great game, held his own. Uh, there was one, one video of a spin rush or a spin move made by Crosby that kind of sent Brown flying. But it was also a Josh Allen touchdown. So uh, all's well that ends well for the Bills there. But Spencer Brown really should have a lot of confidence going into next week against the good Washington Commanders line as well uh, after that performance. We're talking to Ryan Talbot on uh, NewYorkUpstate.com as, uh, you know, we always have to focus on something negative. That's what we do here. I guess most fan bases do. It's not anything that would impacted the game. The the idea that uh, you spent a first-round pick in Kyrie Elam and he's not even active. And I, I'm not going to debate that decision. That's what the coaches feel here, Ryan. But I'm just wondering, where, where do we go from here? Like, could there is there any value on the trade market for Kyrie Elam at this point? I don't think there is, and I think in, in the Bills' mind, they've been very lucky to avoid any kind of serious injuries the first two weeks of the year. But they know that in the NFL, you're going to have guys that get banged up, and uh, Kyrie Elam right now is, is not active. He's not getting a jersey. But if you were to lose any of your outside corners, he's the next man up in that regard. And uh, in terms of trade value, I, I don't think they trade him just because the depth is so important over the course of a long season. But 
at the end of the season, I think the Bills do need to kind of evaluate where are they at with him. Is there a chance to get him on the field uh, in a significant role next year? Because it, the writing's on the wall. He, he is well behind, obviously, Tredavious White, uh, Christian Benford, Dane Jackson. It, it, there doesn't seem to be any wiggle room for him to even move up into the top three. So is there a chance for him to move up next year? If not, look, look and see what's out there at least, because you can always draft another uh, corner, bring in some depth that would be uh, cheap at that cornerback four type option that might not get a game day jersey. But it's unfortunate. But at the same time, you, you kind of tip your cap to the Bills in, in regards to we're playing our best guys. And, and Christian Benford, who has taken several rounds later in that same draft, uh, I feel like he's had a really nice first two games here this season starting opposite Trey White. And, and by the way, you know, starting guys that they found later in the draft, guys that, you know, you, you're able to, you know, that's a pat on the back to the uh, to the scouts and everybody finding undrafted guys or late round guys that can contribute meaningful snaps. One guy that I did want to discuss with you, Ryan, and I'm curious, let me know if my concerns are justified. Has Trey White lost a step? I feel like he's off to a slow start uh, for the Bills. Yeah, I know. I think you're right. It's been a slow start for Trey White. He hasn't looked like his old self out there. And, you know, last year when he came back from the injury, you thought it might take an entire offseason for him to come back to form. I thought he had some moments at training camp where, where he shined a little bit, but it has been a, a rough first two games for him in terms of the level that we've seen him play at versus what we've seen so far. Um, maybe he can shake some of that rust off here in, in the next few weeks, but uh, definitely something that I would be concerned about. I'm not saying the Bills are going to shift gears and, and make it Benford and Dean Jackson or anything like that, but you, you do have to wonder if the age, the injury, uh, everything kind of factors in, and maybe we don't see that same level of play out of Trey White in the future. Uh, it, it certainly, we'll talk a lot about the Commanders matchup, and I know the Bills won't look ahead. Um, I'm more fascinated two weeks from now, and uh, what we saw from Miami last night, and uh, you know, Ryan, uh, before we talk about the Commanders, can we talk about the next home game? I mean, how do you think the Bills will match up here with the speed of this Dolphins? offense that uh, look right now is you can make the argument that Miami is the best team in the AFC. Yeah. You know, I think the fact that they're going to be predominantly zone, like they usually are is going to help them a little bit in terms of keeping those speedsters uh, limited in terms of the big plays in that regard. But you have to worry about the run game. Moster had a nice game against the Patriots as well, breaking off a touchdown run. It, it's just a, a really tough battle. It's different than what you get from a lot of teams on a week to week basis because the, Dolphins have built up their offense like a track team of sorts. So what's interesting, though, is I sat there and I watched the entire game last night. I only got to see snippets of their first game uh, against the Chargers. It felt like they were dominating that game last night. But you get down to the wire, and the Patriots had a chance to tie the game. They were moving the ball. There were still a lot of mistakes. Uh, As much talent as I think Miami has, they're letting teams stay in the game so far. Obviously, a back and forth with the Chargers in the week one. Uh, this week against, I, I thought, a you know, a, a, it's a better offense than it was a year ago, but there's not a lot of flashy names on that Patriots offense, and they hung around too. So they're 2-0. They've looked really good. They've moved the ball. They've put up a lot of points overall this season. I, I still think there's some holes in their game, though, and, and they're, if, as long as they let teams hang around, Buffalo is going to have a, a good chance of knocking them off here in a few weeks.
I'm a big believer in the psychology of momentum, Ryan, and you've got a team next week coming in 2-0, and and the way they won yesterday, I think, is going to play a factor in how they approach the Bills here in week three while they're at home, and, and that's Washington. Give us a little sense of, of what the Bills can expect here. We know that that defensive line is is formidable for Washington. Uh, what do we know about Sam Howell? We know that they have a decent running game, and they have some weapons in, in the passing game as well. Yeah, you know, I've been very impressed with how they've moved the ball with the young quarterback in, in Howell. And uh, tip of the cap to Eric Bieniemy. You know, Bieniemy is someone that probably should have been a head coach or been given more serious consideration for a head coaching job for the past few years. But uh, for whatever reason, I think people kind of looked and said, well, he's under that Andy Reid umbrella. Reid's calling the plays. This offense has moved the ball pretty well. They were they were down against Denver, and all of a sudden they put up 35 points at the end of the day in that matchup. Uh, they win a, a good a close game in week one. They're moving it efficiently on the ground. They they have some talent at the running back position. Um, they have a one two punch actually that running back position in my opinion. And then obviously a wide receiver, McLaurin's a really good player. Uh, Jahan Dotson. You name it, they have a lot of talent there. And then you mentioned the defensive line. They've invested a lot draft capital-wise into that D-line. So the the Bills' offensive line is going to have to come to play again, much like they did this past week uh, against the Raiders. Uh, Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, our guest, uh, Bills and Commanders this week. Two weeks, it's the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, We know that the legend of the game is going to be Fred Jackson. Um, he Can he sit with us up in the press box, Ryan? I'd be happy to give him my seat in the press box next week. Yeah, I, I think we can give him a seat there. I think you'd probably unlock that owner's suite, too, and get him up there. Thank you. Unfortunate what happened with Takeo's spikes. I felt bad for the guy uh, in, in terms of the, the blocked view that he had and where he was currently sitting for that game. I understand the frustration. I wish he would have maybe asked if there was a different spot he could have gone to, whether it's the press box, somewhere else in general, to get to watch and enjoy the rest of that game, but... Uh, I, I guess putting it out there hopefully will make the Bills a little bit more self-aware of where they're putting the legends uh, of the game as they're bringing them in for these uh, peps talks, you know, pep talks before the game. You got you to gotta put them in a better spot than that in-game as well. It's uh, It's been a rough week. I mean, the win maybe cures some of it, but leading up to that win on Sunday, Ryan, can you remember a, a more um, punishing week for the Bills in terms of their PR, the black eye that they took, you know, from the Pagula, you know, the lawsuit against the NFL, the Trotter case with the Pagula, you know, allegations to the Steph Diggs, Maddie Glab uh, nonsense to, to, you know, the Takeo Spikes obstructed view gate, uh, you know, in yesterday's game. Rough week. Yeah, it felt like a very long week considering the Bills played on Monday Night Football last yeah. week. And so it was, it was a short week, but it felt like a long week. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts about seeing the big pile of dirt there uh, across the street, Ryan? Well, you, you know, hopefully that gets built sooner rather than later. We have people hopping the fence over there. We have a lot already going on. So the sooner they can get that that stadium up and going, I think the better. Maybe that'll be good for uh, PR purposes, the way that they can build up some of those suites with uh, better views maybe for the legends of the game. Obviously, we're a few years away, but uh, it's always exciting when you can kind of see the progress that's being made. Wait, I I missed this story. Was that a story? Was that a thing? People were hopping the fence there at the construction site? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you do a quick Twitter search, uh, you will be amazed at this story. I'll I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Oh, gosh. What is wrong with us? 
It's not a safe oh, place. <laughs> like, let me tell you that that's a that's a story in itself. You you will be amazed when you get to get caught up on that story. Yeah, and now he's got to do it in real time. He wants yeah. to see he wants to see the Bills fans that are actually climbing the fence and, and scaling that to be able to be in the construction site. Uh, Ryan, uh, what what are you and, and Matt working on this week uh, for the Shout Podcast? What can we look forward to here as far as your your um, coverage of the Bills? Yeah, we're gonna have multiple pop podcast this week we're going to wrap up our final thoughts on this week's game tomorrow we're going to have uh, multiple shows dedicated to the commanders game as well and then we'll keep you up to date with all the latest news on nlap.com and syracuse.com thank you ryan i look i sometimes i just said like there's so much going on with this team that it's hard to keep on top of. Everything. i can't believe you had any faith in humanity at all you thought that you're actually surprised by this right I, yeah I just, <laughs> we appreciate the call ryan thanks, thanks ryan. for joining us you got it guys this is ryan talbot in newyorkupstate.com all right so what do you see there all right so this is according to uh, nick veronica wow. wivb a man allegedly took lsd and cocaine okay that's full stop like that in addition to alcohol and marijuana, prior to the home That's opener, a jumped a 10-foot fence while naked and fell into the pit at the construction site where the new stadium is being built. Gene, I told you, before you go to the stadium, lay off the cocaine, to put the LSD aside, keep your damn clothes on, man. Get, I know you like to get wild up there in the press box, you and... You and all the other beat reporters getting getting crazy up there. Yo, let, let's let's scale back the hard drugs and then let's stay out of the construction site. This was at twelve twenty prior to the game. Uh, the man was charged with criminal trespass and was released on an appearance ticket. <sighs> oh, it's been a while since we've had nudity in the Buffalo Bills in the same sentence here. So I'm surprised this hasn't gotten more. Traction. I'm surprised we haven't heard more. Of oh, this story. it will. I mean, if, me. if the Bills were losing, this would be the lead story, right? Like, yeah, not only did they lose, but now you got naked Bills fan, coked up naked Bills fan going into the construction site. Oh, oh. yeah, there's another detail about this naked man there. It must have been uh, in a porter potty or something like this, had something all over him. Yeah. What goes on? What goes on in Orchard Park? I would think that show the video of this guy. Nope. That should scare kids don't straight. See, don't Scared see straight. Kids, don't do drugs. Don't want to see, this man. Don't want to see coked out Bills fan naked, covered in feces, climbing a fence, going into a construction site. Don't need to see that. Nope. <laughs> well, this guy, whoever, like, like that fool who went down on a railing, and got fired from his job. Do you remember that story? And then he fell over, whatever, and luckily nobody got hurt underneath. Didn't somebody die falling from a railing? Or am I making that up? Was that not in Buffalo. Okay. No, that, not in Buffalo. Okay. But this guy intentionally was doing this, sliding down, and then he fell to the lower level. And he That's was just, right. Yeah. Um, well, he was working for some advertising agency in Buffalo. He got fired. <laughs> like, every time, like, okay, let's see your resume. Great. Let's just do a quick... Oh yeah! Oh yeah! What do you think the whatever happened to the the perps that uh, threw the Brady toy on the field? Do we ever find? I don't follow think, up on them. No, I don't think we ever found. Are the, or are they the perpetrator? Are they not allowed? It, it, were they discovered and no longer are allowed to go to Bills games? Which would be a shame. What goes on? That that is how you party for a home opener. We're gonna do a mountain of blow. I'm gonna do some LSD. I'm gonna cover myself in excrement. I'm gonna scale the fence 
of the construction site. Naked. Naked. And I'm going to, yeah, come on. I love how like Brian was like, well, like what what is this story? Ah, do a quick uh, search. Yeah, I'm not talking about it. Good talking, you guys. Quick search. (laughs) Just do a quick search, and you'll be enlightened. That is not uh, Talbot's brand here. The uh, the Takeo Spikes story is, I don't know if it's a story, but it is ridiculous. Embarrassing. You invite these guys to come back to Buffalo, and I'm sure they love being recognized. They love the charge that they get from being on the field. They love all of it. What they don't love is being treated like second-class citizens while they're there. And that's exactly what it does. It sounds like the bills do as a team. Embarrassing. You know, throw them in a, you know, in a suite that has an obstructed view. Give them the key to the owner's suite for the game. Let them hang out with the owner's suite. What are we doing? It's such an easy fix. You come back. You're the you're the guest here. You're the honored guest. Hey, everybody, remember Tequila Spikes? Yay. And it's almost like, okay, you did your thing. Now beat it. Yeah. The, the idea that the Tim Graham reporting that Marv Levy, after he did this, was not invited up to a suite, was not invited up much less the Bill suite, was just given a ticket to the game. Like, GA, go hang with the peasantry. <laughs> You peasant. He's 91. Yeah. And Marv is such a gentleman. He's not going to push back. And, but, but good on Takeo. Because anybody that says, oh, what are you ungrateful? No. Like, at least let him see the game. That's the first step. It's like, if you've ever been to an event with an obstructed view, there's nothing more annoying. Like, say, Fenway Park. I guess that's really the only place. Like, I went to a game, actually, in the new Giants Stadium, and they said, oh, it has an obstructive view. No, that's no problem. I'll take the ticket. No, it's annoying. My first ever sporting at pro sporting event was obstructed view, Wrigley Field. Cubs, Phillies, and I remember sitting behind a pole (laughs) and not being able to really see what was going on without craning my neck or, or, or scooching over. Couldn't really see everything because you're sitting literally behind a pole. So when Takeo Spikes sends out the picture of him sitting in the box and you see this overhang, the second level or third level, whatever it is, that's not a good look. It's a simple fix. Come hang in the owner's suite. What is what is up with Terry? Is he? I mean, I, we don't know enough about him as a person, but is he just like, in, like so introverted? He doesn't want unless you're in his family, unless you're in his tight inner circle. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to communicate with you. He doesn't want to be seen with you. I okay. Is he like Elon Musk? Meaning he's so gifted in some areas, but when it comes to social graces. Like, no, it, you really can't have just them around. Aliens, yeah, man. Yeah, that's just a, aliens, yeah. completely out of touch, completely out of touch with reality and the day-to-day lives of the common folk. <laughs> Peasantry, you may part the seas so my police escort can get me to my luxury suite. It Pronto. was so annoying danger. Like, okay, the cop is making us kind of go to the side here. Oh, here come all these SUVs, yeah. and they all have Penn State gear on them. Uh, Wonder who that might be. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. 
Uh, all right, we're going to happy hour uh, next here in the sports bar. I'm planning to be happy about on a victory Monday. We'll recap everything from yesterday's win in Orchard Park as the Bills take care of business and now look ahead to the Washington Commanders for their week three matchup. We've got a double header for Monday Night Football tonight. We've got some other news and notes to get to from the NFL. Lots of action from last night's uh, and yesterday's games that we haven't even talked about yet. We've got a round of shots coming up as well. Well, we got some breaking news here too. Breaking news in the sports bar. Wow. It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Saquon Barkley out two to three weeks. Okay, so the ankle. It's a a sprained sprained ankle, ankle. probably a high ankle if they're saying two to three weeks. Well, it was going to be a tough putt anyways. They're Thursday night football this week. I was expecting to miss at least this week's game. And this is the the knock on Barkley, right? Guy can't stay healthy. Gives it everything out there. Man, what a comeback for the Giants. You love that for the Giants. Tough break, um, but luckily nothing too severe that we'll see him back here in a few weeks. All right, happy hour on the way. We'll give you some other news and notes from around the NFL as well, and you can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line, 8664-FAN. The best barbecue in town? That's easy. It's Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub in East Rochester. Award-winning barbecue, lunch, dinner, catering, and must-try weekday specials like Taco Tuesday tomorrow, Wacky Wing Wednesday. Tuesdays, you got Good Smokes, chicken, pork, or beef gorditas for only $3. And Wacky Wing Wednesdays, you buy one, get one free. Wings, Good Smokes, giant signature wings. Buy one, get one free on all six or 12 wing dining orders. On top of that, Good Smokes Super Happy Hour features buy one, get one draft beers and $3 well drinks weekdays from 2 to 6. Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub, 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey.